The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm excited. You know, I've been traveling this week, and it's funny when it's the time comes for Straight Talk, I really feel like I'm home with all of you, and I'm very excited today. We have a very cool guest. I'll tell you all about her. Before I go any further, I just want to mention if you have questions, and you very well might because my guest is so interesting, please feel free to call in at 1-866-472-5792. Or you can tweet us at, at Sandra Reich, MCAD, or email anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So, what are we talking about today and who do I have next to me? Well, first of all, we're talking about love. And love is always such an interesting topic, but we're going to go in a little bit of a twister. So, to my left, you can't mm-hmm. see her, but she is an amazing woman. Um, Anna Maria Tosco, who works for the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. Um, She's a top psychologist here. And let me tell you, her clients go crazy for her. She's been with me from the very beginning. She doesn't just have one master's degree. She has two master's degrees. She um, has also done some work in addictions, actually in Winnipeg, where I'm going in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to prep me for that trip. Sure. And she has training from the Montreal General Hospital, which is a huge hospital here in Montreal. She's worked at with the street youth at Le Bon, uh, Le bon Dieu, dans la rue. And what I really want to emphasize is that in her practice, she's become such an incredible practitioner that she started a blog called The Sassy Psychologist. Now, before I have her say hello, she is sassy <laughs> because she says it as it is. And you guys know Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. I like people who say it as it is. So, Sassy Psychologist, welcome to the show, Anna Maria Tosco. Thank you, Sandra. It's an honor to be here. Um, I'm sure your listeners know, but just in case there are people out there who don't, I need to talk about this woman on my right just a little <laughs> bit. Um, I think, I just want to say... I was listening to her with Dr. Sue Johnson the other week, and she was saying to Dr. Sue, oh, my God, you've changed people's lives. And that's true. She has, and she's an amazing woman. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that's exactly what Sandra does, and you should take that in, uh, oh, pretty lady over here. Because you're so sweet. With her couples, with her clients, i got to tell you guys, she really does change lives, and it's, uh, it's amazing. So it's an honor to be here, Sandra Thank Reich. you. Happy Thank you here. so much. Now, one of the things you told me we were going to talk about and what I put on the, uh, the card this week is, um, and you've given this 
talk here is you used to give the talk called Looking for Love. And now you've started, I noticed in your blog, you talk about um, that maybe if people aren't falling, finding love, it might be their own fault. Yes. That's a little, yeah, it's that's controversial. a little controversial. Yeah, it's controversial. What do you mean? No, I, I love that. It is I controversial. I actually agree, by the way. <laughs> okay. But what do you mean? How yeah. could it be their fault? I know. Well, that's a lot. You know, when people read that, uh, read that sentence, they, some people do get appalled. They're like, well, what, what is that? Now, of course, listen, if, if you're in an abusive relationship um, or you're in and out of, 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 of abusive relationships, for example, of course, I, I, it's not your fault. Like, I'm, it's, you know, it's not your fault if um, there's somebody who's rude or who's mean or have a few choice words. But uh, yeah, no, definitely not your fault. However, um, we're going to talk about this uh, today, I'm sure, but there's this concept called radical self-responsibility. And essentially, it actually means while the, it, that is not specifically your fault, you are facilitating your misfortunes in love in some capacity. And uh, after some research and after some practicing of psychology with my clients, I've figured out what some of these things are. And uh, I'd love to talk about them. Well, you know, I, I remember when you first talked about radical responsibility, which like is practically talking dirty to me because I love <laughs> yeah. the word radical responsibility because I think that um, I remember years ago thinking I was going to write a book called um, You Get the Life You Deserve. And I didn't write that book, but it was people would say that title's harsh, but it's it's similar to radical responsibility. So I guess what you mean, and you'll, you'll, you'll tell me if I've got this right, is that what I believe is that people need to take some ownership over the lives they have created. Is is that the way you would say it? Absolutely. And it's actually super relevant, Sandra, to your book. You know how in your book, you know, you talk about being, you know, not waiting for Prince Charming. Right. You know, you know give me the exact title of that book because it's uh, very relevant. Uh, Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy, Empowered Woman, which is like us like at this point because no. we we believed in the Cinderella too we struggled with this we we've talked personally about this and you've talked about this about that vision of yeah. being rescued and it's important to, to 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 be your own hero and essentially radical self-responsibility is that it's about realizing that nobody's coming for you realizing that nobody's saving you and realizing that um uh, you're not a victim uh, you know uh, what i love about this is that oftentimes when people feel unlucky in love they feel rejected. They feel like their low self-worth kicks in. They, why me? It's not fair. So there's a sense of intense victimization. And what changes it for you is when you think, wait a second, I actually had a hand in this misfortune. I did something to create it. In other words, I had power and influence here. You had power and influence and it went the wrong way. But once you realize that you actually had a hand in it, you weren't just the, you know, the meek little one who was rejected. You somehow caused the dynamic. And this is not only for love. This is really for everything. But oh, yeah. we're talking love today. So you're saying for, because I know many people are listening to this and they're going to say, no, I didn't have a hand in it. I mean, I show up, I'm, I'm polite, I'm friendly, I'm kind, and <laughs> life has been cruel to me. I meet all bad guys or bad women, or I don't make money, or um, everything's gone, Just it's just been a lot of rotten luck that's happened. So then they're convinced that's true. So what do you say to them? I mean, how, do, how am I supposed to look at my role if I'm saying to you, I didn't create it? That's, that's, that's actually the turning point, Sandra, because I mean, I'm sure you, you have some stuff to say about this as well, but until you can see that you actually do, you're not a candidate, you know, on some level to, to get past your misfortunes. So like I can't are, change my life. You are doomed to suffer the same fate. You will do the same things. I mean, I say that again. 
I am doomed to repeat you are, it. You are doomed to suffer the same fate. Well, that's a very powerful statement, Anna yeah, Maria Tosco. I know, it is. It's sassy just, psychologist. Yeah, it is. That's sassy. And, and, <laughs> that is sassy. I am doomed to repeat it if I cannot look at my ownership in the situation. You can't say that loud enough as far as I'm concerned. Sassypsychologist.com. Yep, love, love it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is sassy. And yeah. not many therapists are going to tell you that, but that is the yeah. truth. And it's funny. I see it with my clients. And, and, uh, and you know, listen, <laughs> I'm sure you have a comment to say about this. But of course, listen, people in my personal life, if you're listening, I'm not analyzing you, okay? Really not. <laughs> but I, I see people's patterns sometimes, you know? And it's almost like... It, Oh my God! Please, um, um, change this or switch this up. Otherwise, you're doomed to, to suffer the same fate. My clients, my family, my the people around me, the people I love. I wish this for everybody. I do too. But yeah. let's let's isolate. What are those patterns? Like, I'll give one, and maybe you can give one. Like, sure. I know when people start to say it's not fair that they're starting to fall into the pattern, including me. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, I had a lot of work to do. And I, I kept telling myself, like, you know, my husband's watching the football game. Mm. My kids are having fun. It's not fair that I have to be sitting doing a PowerPoint. Okay, so I had to have the talk with myself. So it's not fair is the language of the victim. Yes. Okay. Now, also, that's I'm going to say that's because it's not true. I signed up for the test. So I got paid for the test. So it was perfectly fair. Okay, but I was falling a little, and we all do fall into the victim. Yes. So what are the other patterns, Anna Maria Tosco, that people, like, how would you know someone's falling into a victim? Falling into a victim? Well, essentially, listen, I think that, I, I, I think there are telltale um, phrases. Yes. You know, you point to them all the time. Uh, you know, we can bring some of them up right now. It's not fair. Woe is me. Why do things always happen to me? Why does this always happen to me? And it's this very, very, um, uh, a, a very transparent, seeable language and sometimes even when my clients are in somewhat of a denial and they have a dialogue with me, I'm like, wait a second, you just said it's not fair. You just said, why does this keep happening to me? I'm like, that's very much the language of the victim. Yeah, huh? that's so, that's a wake-up call to hear that. I'm sure your clients are kind of like shocked. Yes, yes. yes. So I don't know about you, but with my clients, sometimes they're upset. Yeah, and no, mine too. It. I and have sometimes. to usually say I love you, but you're falling into the victim. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a hard one to hear, but it's also good news, as you pointed out. Why is it good news, Anna Maria? Oh, it's good. Well, so I got to tell you, um, Sandra, in the same way she's amazing with her clients, she's also amazing with her uh, her therapists. And so I've had the honor of being in on rounds meetings with Sandra, and she always says that you have to be the victim before, you know, you Stopping. can stop being the victim. Yeah. Yeah. This is very Thank important. you for mentioning no, that. Course. That's very sweet of you. Mm -hmm. the, the rationale of that is that we often have been victimized in our life and we are allowed to have one you know, serious pity party about that and it's okay. But you have to recognize where it all started from. So that's about the past. So yeah. you were talking mm -hmm. about patterns. I was yeah. talking about conversations. So if I'm in your office or if somebody's falling into these patterns in love, Okay, what would the pattern look like? Like, I know you talk about things like redirecting conversation away from Oh, yeah, from those you. are fun. Yeah. What does that mean? So I'm out on a date. Yes. And what happens? Okay, so essentially there are a few. Now, now I've compiled a list of things based on my research, based on my practical experience, but I want to emphasize that, that, that the list goes on. Okay, but these are a few that I that I've come up with. So redirecting conversation is so is so typical because uh, essentially what happens is when you redirect conversation, you might not realize it, but like you're skipping over the things that are important to you. You're you're skipping over um, the things that 
will celebrate you, will let the other person know what you're about. And here's what's going to happen. The other person is going to be trained. You're going to train that person Ooh. to skip over you as well. Ooh, girl. No, but, no, but yeah, we train you. I think you I'm told sorry, us that. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know why I called you girl there, but <laughs> I, I, that is very smart. No, but. I, that is very smart. So that would apply. So let's make sure that for people listening, that would apply if you're on a date, but yep. that would apply in a marriage too. Mm-hmm. If I'm constantly skipping over me, you're saying I'm teaching my husband how to treat me. And imagine years and years and years and years of that. So the brain gets the message. He gets the message. I'm not important. Yeah. But, but I actually thought I was being nice. If I, that's what people will tell you. Yep. Exactly. So redirecting the conversation makes the person not important. Absolutely. And then they relive their wound of being not important because that's why they redirected, I would imagine. And, and, and they train the other person to continue to do that. Okay, so you're saying that the brain gets a message. Okay, talk to me about that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on a date. I don't understand. Okay, let me, yeah, because sure. I want to speak as if the people listening would hear this. I'm on a date, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I don't want to be at all about me. Okay, so I want to hear about you. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I'm teaching you to treat me like I'm not important. How did that happen? I don't understand. Yeah, it's interesting because it, uh, they, you often hide behind, I'm being nice. Like, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm being nice. What do you mean? And so, you know, you were that defensive person that you were kind of like. Uh, it's not fair. It, yeah, yeah, it's not fair. Or I was just being nice. What do you mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm not the victim. I was just being nice. Or um, they kind of hide behind that when essentially you are like, I, I mean, you are training them to not think you are important like by you uh, doing that you are essentially saying to yourself I'm not important and then essentially telling them uh, they're going to treat you in the same way it's uh, so interesting you know I just I was out west this week uh, such great people by the way out west so if any of them are listening I just want to thank you so much Mm -hmm. Edmonton and Calgary great people out there Um, I hadn't been there before they're such great people and they asked a lot of questions about the dance between a caretaker Mm -hmm. um, who they attract so the caretaker is the nice one and the research shows they attract narcissists so I guess that fits with what you're saying and we were really having a great conversation about the fact that when you're taking care of another it's sort of what you're saying. You're reinforcing the brain of that other person to think also that they're very important. I think you're saying that too. Yeah. And listen, I want to talk about the brain a little bit too. What happens when, when, when the patterns get solidified? And on the note of this caretaker, caretakers often have a core belief of I'm not enough. So what happens to the caretaker, especially caretakers on a date or caretakers in a marriage, what's going to happen there is when you have a core belief of I'm not enough, what are you going to do, Sandra? You know, you're going to overfunction. You're going to overfunction. Mm, you're going to do too much. We talked about this. Yeah. You know, you're going to do too much. And, 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 and who does the overfunctioner attract? Yeah, well, the overfunctioner attracts yeah. the person who's actually going to reap the benefits, right? Yeah. So the underfunctioner. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's your partner lying on the couch while you're working like a dog. Right. Okay. So. Okay, so I can see this in marriage for sure. There's no question. I, I've, I've even flirted myself with the overfunctioning role. I think you have too at times we've talked about sure. this. But what about in dating? Mm-hmm. Okay, how can I overfunction in dating? Is that even possible? Well, yes. Oh, really? my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And this to- so totally applies. I'm going to have a lot of young people out there who are, you know, going on Tinder and doing the online dating thing and all of that. And yeah, oh, You know your stuff, yeah. Tinder and all. <laughs> This definitely applies to 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 people who are dating, but um, you know, essentially, if it's always you who is reaching out, oh yeah, reaching out, texting, texting, <laughs> planning the dates, uh, deciding where to go. Um, oh, that's know. a good example. Oh, yeah. If you start deciding where to go, the other person 
doesn't have to ever do any work. Yep. You know, and you, you are smart. Oh, yeah. That is I very have a good true. supervisor, Come on. ladies and gentlemen. That's very, 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 <laughs> very. So you're saying, okay, but what are the feminists going to say? The feminists are going to say that you're, that you're saying that we shouldn't take some leadership. They're going to argue with you. They're going to say, no, I was choosing where to go because why do we have to wait for a man to choose where to go? Yeah, listen, bring it on. It's all about balance. So if you find yourself doing it each and every time, you know, it's not okay. Right. You know, it's all right. about balance. It's all about reciprocity. Yes. And so many people who are dating lose sight of that. You know, so oh, I texted him again, or I texted her again, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna call again. And you know, it's, reciprocity is super important. And and you don't realize that when you don't honor that, you you're essentially um, hurting yourself. Yeah, you know, selling yourself short. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I, I I put you in that spot with the feminist question, but the truth is on top of reciprocity, uh, when we go back in our biology, uh, men were hunters and women were gatherers. Men went out to work and men actually like to do work. And so it's it's interesting in the dance of relationships, it plays a role. I think that um, these ways that we're talking about, like, for example, uh, redirecting conversation are extremely, extremely important. Um, what's another one? Yeah, sure. Okay, actually, here I have a list here. Let me let me pick one of my favorites. Of course. Hmm. I, I, what about? Can you accept nice gestures? Can you accept? This is my favorite, Sandra. It's one of my favorites because I, I love bringing this up with people. Only because I, I use the example. Okay. Um, can you accept a cup of coffee from your colleague, or are you the type of person? Who then, uh, you know, on the second break of the day, go down to Tim Hortons, buy 75 Timbits, you know, the 300 coffees, and come back to the office and give it to everybody because you feel indebted. You know, can you walk through a door when somebody opens it for you and not run like a maniac to the next door and open it for them? Right. You know, can you accept nice gestures? It's super important. Dating, marriage, whatever, friendship. You know, to be able to receive, I guess, is what you're really saying. Yeah. To be able to receive. Okay. Um, it's true that caretakers in particular are givers. So receiving is not that easy. So you're saying, just to make sure it's crystal clear, you're saying not only to not redirect conversation, but if someone wants to open a door for you to just take that in. So we're not saying that you can't be polite back, because I know we've had this question before when we were on a radio show together before. It's The issue is that you you can, it's okay to just receive. You don't always have to pay it back yeah. right away. Okay, we got to take a break. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the sassy psychologist, Anna Maria Tosco, and this is a fascinating conversation and there's lots more to come. So we'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. 
We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Sometimes it's just too much fun. It's just too much fun. I'm here with the very um, fun and brilliant Anna Maria Tosco, who works for the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. She's also the Sassy Psychologist, and I do highly recommend checking out her blog, sassypsychologist.com. Um, she writes, is it weekly or monthly articles? Uh, it, well, it's actually weekly. You know, weekly my, articles. Yeah. And you had an article on this exact topic very recently. Yes. Um, so she's really sassy and says it as it is, which I think people really appreciate. Now, during the break, we did get an email about this concept of men liking work and the confusion that men are going through now in this, you know, first women want to do the work, then women are mad that men aren't um, working enough. And I I think I want to clarify something is when I said um, men like work, I don't know that they want to work like crazy hours. I meant that men, when they were hunters, learned biologically to value what they worked for. So we see this time and time again. This is mentioned a lot in the book. We see this time and time again that when when a man has to work hard to achieve something, be it a woman, uh, be it in a sports game, they value it more. Okay. Now, the truth is we don't want to only put this on men because the truth is that we all value things we work for more. Would you? Oh, yeah, of course. 100%. So when we make it too easy on someone, then the – so what the person was talking about is if you work hard and you don't get the result, then maybe not. But if you work hard, like when you when you watch a sports game and a, a player has to work hard to get to the goal, there's a satisfaction. So you're saying that when we undo that process and there's no satisfaction, it might undermine the attraction even. It might undermine the dance of what could be going on because you're interfering with the process between say the man and the woman, because you're doing the work for both of people. Yeah, you, is that can, right? you cannot do the work for both people. Absolutely not. And, you, and the thing is, people have a hard time realizing that that's what they're doing, though. Right. You know? Or they might realize it or might say that they're, they're trapped in it. Like, there's so many people who say, okay, yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm doing this for my household. I'm doing that for my household. I'm fixing this. I'm, I'm making this. I'm cooking this. I'm doing that. And then when you're like, okay, well, that sounds like a lot of stuff. I go, well, I can't stop because you want to know what happens in this case is uh, uh, people have a hard time setting boundaries because of guilt. 
Guilt oh, talk about guilt. Huge, of course. Guilt is a huge, huge topic. And uh, it's a hu like sometimes it's like I know that it's going to be the next topic in my session and I know it's going to take the whole session. Guilt is so important to talk about when I'm dealing with people who need to forge boundaries. It's not a joke. People have to realize that, okay, um, um, so they have to acknowledge their guilt. They have to realize that that is what's stopping them from forging boundaries, that it's what's stopping them from having balance, from being less tired. They feel guilty stopping. They, they have to cook every meal. They have to do everything. They have to work all kinds of hours. Oh, you know, oh, my favorite is when I know uh, teachers come in my office. I want, you're, She's what, a teacher, too. I am Great a, teacher. <laughs> I am a teacher. But so when somebody says they're a teacher, when they're a nurse, when they're a doctor, when they're a psychologist, uh, this, these big caretaking professions, and uh, in my head I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's stuff I have to ask here. So I say, okay, so what are your responsibilities like? And oftentimes when you are a teacher, you are – and there are other professions as well, but I'm using teacher as an example. You're taking on way too much. You have the, uh, you're, you're the head of the PTA meeting and, and this committee and that committee, and you're taking on this project, and you're staying after school with this person, and you're seeing this person's parents, and you can't stop. And, and you ever ask yourself why? It's because of guilt. And I'd love to tell you one of the remedies. Yeah, uh, please. Um, that, I, yeah. That, and I, but before you tell us the remedy, mm -hmm. how does this pertain to dating? Where does guilt come in for dating? So, because somebody's listening to this show, saw the show, and saw the title "Looking for Love," mm -hmm. is guilt part of dating? Oh, uh, of course. Tell me. So, yeah, guilt is definitely part of dating. So, especially when you're in the pattern of it. So, if you are that person, because we kind of got into the topic of caretaking a little bit. Yeah, we and did. When, you know, when, and when you do caretake in relationships, it's bad news. So, we're we're kind of on that topic. When you are caretaking in a relationship, you can feel guilty by not, not extending. <laughs> yeah, not extending, not buying flowers, not making suggestions. You have this kind of uh, this itch to do all of that stuff, and then you kind of ask yourself, "Well, why am I doing it?" Well, you know, I should. Like, I, I feel guilty otherwise. I owe it to this person when you don't have this uh, sense of indebtedness. It, it, it's, it's, it's not accurate. You know? it's, so, okay, so before you tell us why guilt, like what it's all about, because I can't wait to hear this, because it's yes. a big, big, oh, yeah. it's a big emotion for women uh, in particular. Let's let's call it as it is. Did I'm, you decode guilt a bit, uh, Sandra yeah. Rich? You always, you always tell us uh, that guilt is uh, anger turned inwards. So it can be. It absolutely can be, because if you look at a guilty statement, I feel guilty I didn't call her. If you really decode it, it could be that I'm angry that she expects me to call. Okay? So I'm going on a date. And to come back to the dating, I'm going on a date. What are possible things I could feel guilty about? I'm talking too much. Um, should I call him? Is that the kind of thing you mean by the guilt in dating? Yeah. I mean, okay. in, like, yeah, of course. So, the, so what do you want to say about guilt? I, what I often say about guilt is the following. You don't realize that when you are, so when you are not putting down those boundaries in dating or in other relationships, when you are not putting down those boundaries, you are actually undermining the other person. Oh. You are actually uh, uh, undermining their sense of resilience. On some level, what I like to say to be really like, um, sassy? A little, yeah, a little, a little sassy, I guess, yeah, um, is you're being insulting. By caretaking, you're actually undermining Because you're their saying skills. that I get it. Yeah. You're saying that they can't even handle it. Yeah. Not cool. I'm getting a vision of Tom Cruise. You can't handle the truth yeah. and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's true. You're you're saying something very important there, Anna Maria. You're saying that you're almost saying that the other person can't handle your boundaries. 
that is say more. I like that. It's 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 an important thing because I'm trying to give people motivation to 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 put down their boundaries and to have healthy uh, understanding of what they need and what they want. So when they feel guilty trying to get what they need and what they want, I often say, "Hey, you're insulting the other person." By you going in there and always uh, choosing the restaurant and always fixing and always doing that, you're actually undermining their resilience. Not cool. What Very happens? Well said. But then what happens? You're castrating the other person. You know? Castrating the other Whatever, person. Whatever, man or woman, you know what I mean? You know, I you're, do. You're, you're undermining them. You're uh, not seeing their, their strengths. Okay. This is so smart. So I want to stay on it for a minute because the problem is that you get mixed messages because the person, the person you're castrating will on the one hand say, oh, how lovely that you chose the restaurant, but on the other hand feels castrated. In Maybe the, subconsciously, they yes, may not realize it. Right. So it's really tricky, okay? But I know what you're saying is 100, 200% true, okay? I know it's so important and I know it's such a common issue. And I love that you're saying that having boundaries is so important because I may sound old right now, but I, and I'm getting up there, okay? But Stop I Stop it. It's so true. <laughs> but I see the, you know, young people, now I'm really going to sound old, dating, okay? And they're, te- and they're in my office and they're saying they're only getting a text. They're not getting taken out for a date, okay? And I find this very odd <laughs> because if, if the person won't take me out, I tell them if I got divorced tomorrow, if you, the person won't take me out for a date, Okay. See ya. Yeah. Okay. But they say that's not how it goes now. But to me, this is basic boundaries again. Okay. And I think that's your castrating, undermining the other person's uh, resilience, as you so brilliantly said. Because what if you said, you know, like what if you maybe not even said, but just showed the texting's not going to do it? You don't get my attention for texting. Oh, she's getting excited. Yeah, no, this is great. She's dumping up I and love down. this. No, this okay, is Okay, talk about that because I'm telling you there are a lot of people listening yeah. about this texting dating yeah. thing. Well, listen, okay, so if you accept that, uh, this is what I love about it, if you accept all of these text messages and say, well, that's how we communicate and so, oh, my you goodness. know, uh, no, 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 um, uh, what's, you are essentially, once again, you're training the other person that that's okay. Now, you, are you undermining that person's strength and resilience? Yes. That person, however, is might be, again, I can't assume, okay, I don't want to be so bold, but in San- I'm going with Sandra's example here. That person on the it's other end. It's my fault. Yeah, you're- <laughs> you like how she, that was not radical responsibility Oops. at all. Oopsies. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, we're kidding. So, um, yeah, so that other person who's texting uh, might be very comfortable just texting. Now, in you accepting that, you are facilitating the wound or the, uh, the, the, the intimacy problem or whatever. On some level, Sandra Rich, you're enabling them. Oh. Hey? Oh. That makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. You're enabling them. If you, if you continue to entertain all of those text messages, you're enabling their wound on the other end. Ooh. I'm, I'm mic dropping right now. Ooh. Boom. <laughs> boom. That was a boom. No, that's a, that's Okay. A... Now, I get you, but someone listening may not understand how you could even say that was enabling. I get the boom. Okay? But... I'm going to play devil's advocate. What do you mean I'm enabling? He's writing to me. I'm writing back. I mean, I don't want to be an over-entitled person and demand he take me out. If he doesn't want to suggest it, then why should I? Like, I don't get it. No, no, you're right. I guess you would have to, um, you would be defensive if you didn't see that it was a wound to begin with. So how do I see it? That's a good question. Yeah, but you're the sassy psychologist, so you're going to have the answer. I know it. Well, the thing is, usually the the client gives me more specifics about their personal (laughs) life. Well, (laughs) this is the specific. I am texting back to a man I'm very drawn to, okay? Uh 
and he is not asking me to go on a date. Now, I would like to be asked out on a date, but I don't want to push it because, you know, they say that if I push it, I'll scare him away. Now, by the way, this is making me slightly sick to say this, but this is what I hear all the time. Okay. Now, this to me is not empowerment when I hear people talk, but I'm playing the role of my many female clients who say this because there's this idea that there's scarcity in the world with men, too, too little men, um, a lot of women, big commodity. And so therefore I have to sit and just take the text. Now you're saying I have to have a boundary and I agree with you. Sandra Reese agrees with you because for me, a text is not going to do it. I'm not interested. Okay. And I think any woman, self-respecting woman wouldn't be interested, but I'm playing your game, Anna Marie. And I'm saying, well, I don't want to be overly entitled and ask or, or start to leave the conversation. I feel guilty. Talk to me. Give me some advice. Listen, I don't know if we're talking about having to drudge back in the past now with this stuff because if I'm trying to convince somebody uh, that they have to put down their boundaries, we have to figure out, you know, why they might be uh, overextending oh. in the first place. Oh, that's good too. You know, so you're suggesting that if I keep responding to the text, what you're saying is this says something about my past. Mm -hmm. It might even be relevant to something you were talking about a few weeks ago, attachment style, perhaps. Yes. You know, educating people on it. Because if somebody really doesn't see something, uh, again, I can't be so bold. If they really don't see it, I, I know I, ha I have to be with them. I can't go um, beyond what they what But you they can believe. on the radio. Yeah, right? I know. It's <laughs> Straight kind of talk here, baby. I'm kind of loving the fact that we're not in the caretaker We're not in a session. Right well, we yeah, can say no, it for people cool. who are ready to hear it. But, you know, so I, I do have to follow my clients. But uh, if they're really not seeing the fact that they're having a boundary problem or, or if they're not seeing the fact that they actually deserve more, uh, we have to figure out, you know, what's going on and, and what happened in their past and how they were they themselves were trained. Okay. Perhaps. Okay. So now you said the magic words mm. is what do you deserve? So for people listening, because that's who I'm thinking of. So the question would be, do you deserve more than a text? That's the question you would ask yourself, okay? And that's where radical responsibility is going to come in, your fav fabulous words, because I have to answer that question, do I deserve more than a text? And this applies for females or males, do I deserve more than a text? And I think that's a hard question to say no to. Yeah. How would you even say I don't deserve more than a text? I, I, it boggles my mind as well. At this point, but, you know, once I was wounded too, and I really, really didn't see it. I, I, every time I have a talk like this, you know, you know, once we were on the radio together as well, as I, get, I was a hot mess at one point. Yeah, and I remember I, you saying that. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. And I had to realize that uh, I, I was in victim mode and I was not appreciating myself. And unfortunately, it really took, it really took a lot of, I would call it, Sandra, reprogramming. <laughs> Which is leading me into one of my favorite topics. Neuroplasticity, yes, isn't it? Yes. So what's reprogramming and what's neuroplasticity, Anna-Maria? Yeah, no, uh, essentially, when you start to talk about these, the topics that Sandra and I have been talking about, if it's really foreign to you, but if you're like, okay, I understand it intellectually, but I'm not going to do it, so... You know, that's a waste of time. Um, the thing is, the ex one of the explanations behind that is the fact that you have um, programmed yourself neuronally, i.e. your neurons, your, not, not necessarily your entire life, but your neurotransmitters, your neuropeptides, your hormones are all working to facilitate your insecurity. They're all working to facilitate all of these bad patterns. So the only way out is to, like on some, actually one of my blogs is called this, but uh, sometimes it's, it's faking it until you make it a little bit. Yes. And, and I would never have been an advocate for this in the past, but there's actually no other way to start reprogramming your neurons because it's like the grass less, the path less traveled. So 
neuronally speaking, if we're talking about your neurons, you're going to choose the path that's easy. And the path that's easy is the one you've been using. Right. So it's really hard right. to program yourself in another so, direction. Okay, so you know, to break this down because this is fabulous stuff. So if my neuronal pathway is saying I don't deserve better, you're saying uh, to fake it to I make it, is even if I don't believe I deserve better, to still tell myself I deserve better. Yeah. And eventually, and I know this to be true, this is important stuff because neuroplasticity and what's the big line about um, – Neurons Nurse, that fire together, why yeah, they together. which was by a Canadian, by the way, right. the Heb, Heb's Law, okay, is that if I tell myself, even if I don't 100% believe it, that I deserve better, my brain is going to start to believe it. Is that how you took yourself out of your quote-unquote hot mess? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I did start to believe it. I, I got to tell you, luckily I'm a psychologist, so I had <laughs> reason. Why are you laughing? Because I, my <laughs> life was saved by being in this field. I mean, yeah. you know, we learn the stuff and we apply it to ourselves. Yeah, it, it, yeah. really. Because I'm with you. Absolutely. And it's what drives our passions oh, too. Absolutely. I mean, listen, the blog is very professional, I have to say, but some of it is just derived from my own personal passion. Yeah. Uh, but so I was a psychologist, you know, and, and being a hot mess, or I wasn't a psychologist yet, I, I was in training, but I, I was learning these things and I had resources and I went to workshops and all of this stuff and I realized, wow, I actually have to start reprogramming. And at first, it doesn't feel very genuine. Um, but if you continue, just like going to the gym, Sandra, it's a muscle. It's like, yeah, you know, it's almost like you want abs, you want to lose some weight. You go to the gym once, guess what? It's not going to happen. You know. So you have to keep saying over and over again, "I deserve better." Now, is it in saying it? I know some people are like, "Oh, mantras," you know, so cheesy. You can do that if it works for you. Okay. But then there's there, there's also um, deciding to behave differently. Oh. This is I I give these behavioral experiments to my clients. I talk about it with my students as well. Uh, one of the things is um, I like to to say, okay, so you're Facebook stalking your ex. Yes. Don't tell me you haven't done that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you're Facebook stalking your ex. So guess what? This is contributing to your anxiety. This is bad behavior. This is part of your old pattern. It's definitely not helping you. So the beha some of the behavioral homework that I assign in this way is, okay, we have to limit that. In other words, fine, you check 10 times, we're going to reduce it. You know, maybe you can get your sister to help. Maybe you can get a coach to help. Maybe you can get somebody to help you. But essentially, you have to reduce that bad behavior. In the same way you kind of reduce substance use sometimes or, you know, cigarette use or whatever. Bad patterns. Okay. So we're just about to take a break, but let's just check this out. So, I mean, I know the answer to this, but I want to ask the questions that people may ask, which is. Don't put me on the spot, Sandra. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> What's wrong with checking my ex-boyfriend's uh, Facebook you're not going to get the gratification that you want. You're not going to you're, you're not going to be saved from those emotions that you're dreading. Okay. So I think that's very important because I think it's actually quite toxic and I think we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Straight Talk with Sandra Rich with the amazing sassy psychologist Anna Maria Tosco and we're going to talk about why that's putting your hand in the blender. Right. Be right back. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. I love talking with... Um really brilliant minds. And um, Anna Maria, I feel like you're helping so many people who are going through the dating situation, which is quite difficult. And, you know, kind of glad I'm not in that place right now. But I think this applies for anyone listening in couples also. But I want to keep it on this question that we started off with is because we were talking on the break about why someone would um, look at their ex-boyfriend's Facebook and what is that all about? And you said you have something to say about that. Of course. What, what, what is this all about? You know, when you dissect it, because I've had conversations with many clients about this and, and, and it, it, listen, I'm going to direct a question at you guys. Well, think about it. Why would you stalk your ex-boyfriend's or your ex-girlfriend's or what is Facebook page? And, and the answer is simple. Essentially, you're looking for something. Now, what do you really want out of that search? You want to go on there and you want to see, oh, she's not dating that guy or you know <laughs> she's not dating you you actually want to see something that's positive so that your you don't feel as bad, i.e. so that your self-esteem is not in the pits, so that you actually feel good, so that your self-worth is not low. You're actually going there to get to, 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 to raise yourself up and get a relief. A you drug know, hits. Yeah, if any of you have had that experience of, you know, going to, to, to stalk people or whatever and you find what you want, there's this sense of, oh, thank God. But, you know, what happens when you go on there and inevitably you see something you don't want? You're, you're, you're not diminishing your anxiety symptoms, you know, and, and, and your problem perpetuates. It is not allowed. We, we, we have to diminish that behavioral component ASAP. Well, you said something very interesting because you said um, that if you're looking for a certain response, which means you're giving your power away, that someone else is going to determine how you feel, which really does sound like addiction. And I guess that's why your strategy is to reduce the amount of times people do it. Because even if the news is quote unquote good, he's not dating someone or she's not dating someone. It's like any other drug hit. You need more of the drug. You have to go back. Absolutely. You have to keep going back and back and back. It's funny you're saying that too because we can look at it as well as as, uh, if we we go back to the topic of neuroplasticity just based on what Sandra said. um, So let's say we are used to these low feelings of these low, this low self-esteem, these feelings of rejected, if we were used to it, to the point where our bodies are used to it, our neurotransmitters, our neuropeptides, our hormones, all used to that. So without knowing it, you're actually going to that Facebook page. And if the news is bad, there is also a type of, 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 of hit that yes. you're getting from it as well. And if the news is good, your anxiety, which mm-hmm. is relevant because we talk a lot about anxiety at an anxiety clinic, mm-hmm. goes up. Mm-hmm. 
So it's either euphoria or anxiety. And that's, they're both problematic because euphoria is a drug hit. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So no looking at ex Facebook. No, not allowed. No. Not allowed. I have to decide I deserve, even if I don't really believe I deserve. So we can spend time in therapy figuring out why I don't believe that. But I also, no matter what, I have to tell myself I deserve. And I don't do the work for the other person. Yeah. Okay. What else do sure. I do? If I just, I'm looking for love and I can't find love, what do I do? I have a great one. I have a great one. And actually, uh, I regret not remembering it for my blog entry. Huh. Um, and this is something, you know. Uh, yeah, go very, for it, Very, very applicable. And, uh, yeah. So I got to tell you, and my fiance is going to be mad that I mentioned him, I think, but he's uh, been an ad- advocate for this. He He's taught me some of this without knowing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna, yeah. Don't it's talk okay. About I mention me. my husband all the time. Don't talk about me on the radio. Yeah. No, the idea of, and he doesn't know that he's taught me this, I think, but it's um, when you are texting, be it you're dating or you're in a relationship, because don't forget a lot of these principles are, even if you're yeah, in marriage, of course. they apply. Um, as you said before, but when you are texting the other person, this is a rule in my couple sessions. You are not allowed to text anything that's that that has more than one layer. I e. Oh, that's good. A, no, I e. Are you picking up the milk? You know, can you get me some yogurt, please? You know, I always love even when it's like that that one layered thing. You know, can you pick me some yogurt up at the grocery store? Love you. And that's it. Not, I was thinking about our conversation this morning, and I, I'm not going to do that. It, no, nothing that's more Why? Than, Why well, can't I do multi-layer texting? It sounds even, it sounds cool, multi-layer texting. <laughs> Why can't I? The, 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 the confusion that could happen. Listen, if you have a secure relationship, the, the danger is, is, is I'm less. I'm being facetious. I've had but, this problem when I go away from my, my husband many a time, mm-hmm. where it, multi-layer texting has gotten me in a whole bunch of hot no water. No kidding. Well, either me or I interpret his response or lack thereof very poorly you know, yeah i don't find it works for us at all right no so, don't so do tell, it. yeah no so what's but tell them yeah why what is a multi-layered text so and an, what's wrong with yeah that? so anything that like listen you if you want to break it down on a quantitative level yes. okay, nothing more than one sentence okay, okay. a light uh, sentence but yeah some people are like well my sentences can be really long okay no long sentences just basically saying one thing the content of your text message has to do with one thing why? Nothing more than that. Because of the confusion with technology. You know, there's so many times my couples get into trouble because one of them sends a text and the other one legitimately did not get it. And you know, it causes a fight. Like you have to really be careful with text messages. And one of my rules with my couples is no multi-layered texting. One layer text, that's it. You know. So you said you learned this from your fiance. Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah, I, to be, I don't think he knows. I think I might have told him in passing. Um, but he he... Sing, I, he, I don't know if he knows it. He single layered. He single layers texts. And when we first started dating, I was like, I like this, because because things can get very confusing. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think anything uh, anything drastic occurred. But I remember him just like, oh, I wasn't sure about that text or whatever. And he trained me in this case, I guess he trained me to see the value in single layered texting. Okay. And so, listen, when couple when couples come for therapy, I mean, I think it's a great strategy. Only it really is. Text. You're really giving people you know? great information because there is so much subject to interpretation. The tone is missing, and it's almost like. Um, it allows people to hide, 
Texting also allows people to hide, and it's. I think it really could be very hurtful. Yeah. And I guess that's why I myself don't. And I say it's because I'm old, but maybe it's not. I don't really believe relationships should take place through technology altogether. And I guess that's part of the looking for love. Uh, it may be your fault that you're not finding it. Theory is tech is not the way. No, definitely not. So you have to actually meet people, and not do their work for them. Well, listen, definitely meet people. I think you need to communicate with people face-to-face -face yeah. on the phone. I mean, nothing wrong with text message, in my opinion, anyway. But uh, Not for, like, long dates, though. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So what else, do, you know, why else are people having trouble finding love, Anna Maria? Okay. So Every, Everybody wants love. You talked about Dr. Sue Johnson. She says that we live longer lives if we have love. Uh, that's interesting. I had one of my, uh, one of my um, uh, 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 comments, uh, you know, we... Uh, can't please everybody. One of the comments was, I don't understand this. You know, it was, it, it, being single is not a disease. I think so. I think it's important. Oh, that's important to say. I think it's important to, to say, it. of course, it's not a disease. And the stuff we're talking about today only applies to people who want to be in relationship. So I know Dr. Dr. Sue has some research. Well, she's about, talking about know, connection. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship mm -hmm. to have connection. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's so important what you're saying because I think that that's part of how people get into trouble too is that they think they have to be in a relationship. Right. And then I, you know, I know that you talk about also about remaining unhappy in love for a long time mm -hmm. and that's problematic. Yeah, Okay, course. why do people do it? Yeah, so, so um, listen, there are so many reasons why people do it. Um, you know, they, we're talking about like a couple, so you're in a relationship, you're not happy, okay, and you, you figure... I've, you know, I go on my local Facebook or I go out to my local restaurant and I see couples in more trouble than me. I figure I should just stick it out. And you say that's a bit of victimization. I've heard you talk about that. What? I don't get it. I do get it. But can you explain? How is that being victimized to stay in an unhappy relationship for a long time? Is it because um, you're selling your soul? You know, staying unhappy? Is that what you mean about it? So if I'm unhappy in the relationship, I'm selling my soul? Is it because I'm afraid to be single and I'm afraid to be alone? What is, what's going on? For people who... Stay in unhappy relationships yeah. for too long. It really, it, it, it really depends on... Personally, again, I feel that they're, they're, they're not realizing what they truly need and what they truly want. And that's something that we always say to our clients, Sandra. We always say, you really have to go in there, what do I want, what do I need, yes. what do I want, what do yes. I need? And, and oftentimes, listen, oftentimes we talk about that and it's really about, uh, uh, we talk about it in the context of boundary formation, which we've talked about today. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes it does uh, um, 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 result in a rupture. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. So it's, you know, the rupture thing, though, everything I hear you saying, you know, since I'm in the same field as you, I'm, it does come back to our self-worth, right? Because it's, I love you, but I love me more. So I've decided that I'm worth it. So I'd like to be in a relationship, but it's not that I need to be in a relationship. As I hear a lot of what you're saying is that the neuroplasticity and everything you've talked about today has to do with, I, you know, it sounds cliche, but I'm worth it. I'm important. I deserve to be respected. I deserve to be mm -hmm. taken out. And that's where radical responsibility comes in is if I'm not getting those things and I'm tolerating it, yes, then I'm driving my car. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm setting myself up yes. to fail. That's what you, yeah. that's, there you have it. Yeah. So, so this, this is where we come to the point of, you know, uh, uh, um, how, how might it be your fault? Like, so yeah, it's my fault. So how might it be your fault? So there's some things that I, I do want to say and how we work through this with my clients is, 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 is this way. Um, what is the disappointing pattern 
in your relationship. So I really want you guys to ask uh, that question. You know, if you fall under this, you know, this population of people who want to be in a relationship and who can't be or who, who often have failed relationships, I want you to ask yourself, what is the disappointing pattern? That's the first step. So if you, if you, if you say to me, if you say, well, the disappointing pattern is um, men always leave or women always, um, women always uh, 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 see me as a friend or you have to figure out what your, what your pattern is. And then here's the kicker. And this is what I love. You have to figure out how your behavior is making that true. So this Ooh, is... Oh, that's good. Yeah. It, it, essentially what's happening is, okay, men always leave. Okay, men always leave. But now when we go through your behavioral pattern in dating, we will figure out... Now, it's not your fault that men leave. Definitely not. But um, what I'm saying is you actually have a hand in facilitating the dynamic between you and this person. And it's going to be up to you to figure out what you're doing. And that's where this long list of things, and I, I can just go through some of them, Sandra. Um, what, do you, wh what do you think when you walk into a room full of people you're attracted to? Okay. And I want you to ask, ask yourself that question. So oftentimes, no one will like me. I'm not attractive. I can't talk to that person. This needs cognitive restructuring. You know, can you make eye contact with someone you find attractive? Oftentimes, they'll see me looking. They won't like me. Um, you know, again, cognitive restructuring necessary. You must realize that you're actually entitled to look at people you are attracted to. Oof. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so many people get shy and then they get into this, you know, yeah. low self-esteem pattern. And we talked about this before. Do you redirect conversation? Um, nah. Do you, I love this one, do you always make fun of yourself? This is all on my blog, by the way. Uh, do you always make fun of yourself to the point of being dismissive, diminishing, and minimizing? So this is a cool one, Sandra, because yeah. you and I both enjoy a good joke. Yeah, we do. And we both enjoy poking fun at ourselves. Oh, yeah. But there's, this, this is pretty enjoyable. But we're not dating. So no, it's, it's different. I, we're not I, I, yeah, it's different, right? Yeah. Because you wouldn't do that on a first date, I don't think. Well, I, I, I'm getting the feeling that some people do. Oh, they do. Yeah. I wouldn't. You, know, you yeah. wouldn't date? <laughs> no, would you I not? wouldn't. No, I love humor, but self-deprecating humor can really work against you. Agreed. You're giving power away again. Yeah. Uh, it's not a, I don't know who you are. That's, That's not it. safe. So listen, I, I always refer to, I love, I don't know if you know Amy Schumer. You know Amy Schumer? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love her, right? Oh, she's, she's fantastic. fabulous. No, she's great. And I, I, oh, my God. I'm in hysterics listening to her. Uh, there is a certain self-depreciation yes. that she uses for her humor. And she does talk about dating and all that stuff. I kind of want to say I love Amy Schumer. Love her. But if you're on a date, yes, please be be, be humble and, and have humility. <laughs> but but be careful on the self-depreciation and the self-deprecating comments and stuff because you're actually sending a message if you do it too often. Oh, yes. This is one of the that things That they can well. use against you also in the first fight. You're... <laughs> But that's true. Yeah. That is such good stuff. You know, Anna Maria, I, I'm getting a very strong vibe. I'm seeing we have about two minutes yeah. left. I want to ask you on air. Yeah. Okay. You are a gift. You are a gift to people. Yeah, I want to know if you can come back so we can go through all of those because I don't feel like I don't want to rush them. I want to go sure. through them. And I feel like when you say cognitive restructuring, I don't know that everyone knows what that means. Yeah. So I want to go through that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the notes you, you have in front of you mm -hmm. and you did talk. I see something coming up about vulnerability is how we connect. I think that's such an important point and I want I, that one, I thought of you when I wrote that but I, I love that <laughs> I love that it's so true but I want to give the um, the gift of time because you are a gift so what I want to take a little time for right now is first of all of course I want to thank you and oh yes I didn't ask I didn't give you a chance to answer will you come back of course are you kidding me of okay 
Okay, please come back. I want to set up the date. Absolutely not. No, of course. (laughs) Please come back because I think people are really going to benefit from this stuff. And I think it's beyond being brilliant. It's extremely helpful. And I think you're really helping a lot of people who are hitting those walls. Now, people are going to want to find you, Anna Maria. How do they find you? What are you up to these days? Okay, so um, I am, as, as Sandra mentioned, I'm a psychologist at the MCAD Clinic, the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. So help, um, www.helpforanxietydepression.com, as God, you, you know. you do that well. Hey, boom. I hey. think I should hire you. <laughs> you already have. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I'm a, a sassy psychologist, of course, sassypsychologist.com. Um, those that might listen, there's stuff coming up with the sassy, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep it on, we'll, we'll keep it. For now, but I'm sure there are more updates for you in the future. Oh, on that yeah. Project. Well, we definitely have to have you talk about Sassy. What about you now, Sandra? I mean, listen, all those couples are coming, and I, I see them sometimes in the office, and they're saying how amazing your couples' retreats are. So what's going on? Well, uh, my next retreat is uh, May 16th to the 19th. It's in a beautiful area for people listening all across the states. It's at Mont Tremblant, which is a gorgeous place. We had a really incredible time last time at the last retreat. Life-changing for the couples. And uh, I hope people will come join us. They can certainly reach us at, uh, as you said, help for anxiety, depression, or 514 4530 I think that I want to say a little tiny bit more about Sassy with my remaining seconds. Sure. Sassy Psychologist is an amazing blog. And I we had a meeting before, and I'm very taken by the work you're doing. And I'm personally recommending check oh, out gosh. check out sassypsychologist.com and find Anna Maria there. She will change your life. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Rich and Anna Maria here with me. Keep your eyes on the stars. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Anna Maria. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.